Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. This sermon is from the life of the church. For more messages like this, please see our website www.venturechurch.co.za. We hope you enjoy this message. Lord, I ask that you would just let your word come through me, Lord. Because, Father, I want to honor you and what you want to say this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It is honestly such a privilege to be here, and I want to thank the elders for giving me the privilege. We are not a one-woman club here, but we seek to honor the Lord in what we do. Believe today. I sometimes find myself still saying dare to believe, but it's believe today. (laughs) And uh, this morning I want to talk to us about a story that we all know incredibly well. And the title of my message this morning is, When We Believe, We Will Dare. When we believe, we will dare. So look with me at John 4, verse 4 to 41. And don't worry, I'm not going to be reading it all, but I am going to be pulling out elements of this passage. I encourage you to go and read this at home because I understand that each person who preaches, the Lord highlights stuff that he wants to bring. But when you read through it for yourselves, the Lord might highlight something else because this is his living word. And it's quite exciting to see when God highlights things for you in his word. John 4, verse 4. Now he had to go through Samaria. This is talking about Jesus, in case you're confused. And I'm reading from the NIV. So just know my reading is NIV. So if you see something different in your version, it's not me. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. It's so encouraging to see that sometimes Jesus got tired as well. (laughs) It's just one of those things. (laughs) When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Isn't it great that we sang a song about living water spring up? Ah, God is so good. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. 
I have no husband, she replied. He said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What, have you, what you have just said is quite true. So the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in the truth. Oh, so many beautiful things in this story. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus said, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman, but no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of, their out of the town and made their way toward them. Just today. So I want to just break this down quickly into bullet points. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bullet point person. Jesus was intentional about meeting this woman he was traveling through Samaria, and Jews did not travel through Samaria. Can you see the intentional? Intentionality, there's it, of Jesus. The Samaritan woman came to the, wall at, uh, to the well at noon. She was alone. The, the, the Jews and Samaritans did not talk to each other, number one. Jews and Samaritans, not only did Jews not travel through Samaria, but they also did not speak to each other. And number two, men did not speak to women that they, were, that they did not know. So two things here where Jesus was just doing things outside of the norm. Jesus engages her in conversation, big no-no. She reminds him of the rules. Look how she engages in conversation with him. There's all sorts of stuff happening here. But she actually knew what she was talking about. And she, she gave him some, some information right back. She wasn't shy about that. Jesus continues the conversation. And boy, there's a whole lot of stuff that he's talking about prophetically in this conversation. She's not ignorant. Jesus shows her that she's in sin, and she acknowledges it. I found that so interesting. She doesn't deny the fact that the last man she's living with is not her husband. I reckon she was quite gutsy. Five husbands. Oh, my word. She is so amazed by Jesus. She goes to the village and calls the people. So point number one, what did Jesus do? Let's just unpack all of this. You've had the praises. Let's unpack some of what Jesus did. Jesus was deliberate about where he was going and where he rested. It was the middle of the day. Generally, in the middle of the day, it's hot. People don't go and sit at a well in the middle of the day. 
He's intentional. He was intentional also about sending the disciples into the town. He wanted to be alone in that moment. When this woman comes, he shows her three things. He's the living water. John 14, verse 13 to 14. Look at the things he reveals. These are such prophetic pictures. He's the living water. He's a prophet, John 14 to 19, 16 to 19. And finally, Jesus reveals to her that he's the Messiah, John 24 to 26. Note he's revealing these things to a Samaritan woman. Jesus is not afraid to go against the cultural impositions that are put on us. He's not afraid to change things. He's not afraid to do things that is not permitted because he is Jesus. Asking and accepting the water she would draw from the well would also make him unclean. Can you see all the cultural stuff here that Jesus just completely and totally overlooked? Folks, we cannot be stuck in our own cultures. We have to learn to step outside of our cultures and find the kingdom culture that is what Jesus was bringing to earth, a kingdom culture. Point two, what did the woman do? The woman came to the well at midday on her own. Have you ever thought about that? You know, we can just read these stories and we don't stop to check some of these facts. Jesus came, uh, the, the woman came to the well in the middle of the day. This already tells us that she did not want to be seen. Why do you think she did not want to be seen? Yes, you are right. It's so clever. Because she'd had five husbands and was living with a sixth man. That was such a no-no in, in those days. She, um, she came because she did not want to have to face the scorn, the ridicule, the name-calling, all of these things. Generally speaking, the, the, the woman would go to the well, woman collectively would go to the well early in the morning or later in the evening when it was a little bit cool, um, cooler. And these women would go together. I think they also went to go and have a nice skinner about their husbands and their children and all the rest of it, but we won't go there. <laughs> and so this was the tr tradition for the woman. Go in a, in a group, don't go alone, and yet we find the Samaritan woman going to the well on her own. She would have been considered an outcast because of her lifestyle. But so interesting, she sees Jesus at the well, but she doesn't turn around. She continues to draw her water. She's not stopped by him being there. And um, when he started speaking, she must have gathered he's a Jew. She might have been able to see he's a Jew. Uh, I, can't, I can't say that. But she still stays there. Remember that. She still stays at the well. She doesn't turn around. She doesn't leave. And then she enters into conversation with him. And this blew my mind. Remember, this was a no-no. The women were not allowed to do this. The men were not allowed to do this. And yet, she enters into conversation with him. 
She did not hide any of the facts when Jesus confronted her on them. And she wasn't shy to speak to him and question him and remind him of what these Jews were all about. But look at this. Leaving her water jar, she went back into town to call the townspeople. Now remember, she's midday at the well. She's an outcast. She would have been shunned. Probably had a couple of names thrown her way that we won't repeat. And yet, when she gets who Jesus is, she leaves her jar and rushes back into town. Hello. Are you hearing this? The result of her news to the town folk, they came out of the town, verse 30, and made their way toward them. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Did you catch Jesus stayed with the Samaritan for two days? Skander, Jews did not mix with Samaritans, and yet Jesus stayed for two days with the Samaritans. Can you see Jesus' heart here, folks? He's not come just for one person. He has come for every single nation, every single person. It doesn't matter whether you're tall, short, big, fat, ugly, white, yellow, pink, or blue. He has come for you. <laughs> so what can we learn? Ah, what can we learn? There's just so much to learn from this story. Please go and read this for yourselves and stop and pause and say, Lord, what are you saying? Because there's so much that he's saying in these 40 verses, minus three. I believe that this story has got a belief today. There's a belief today element in here that I'm going to help you see in case you missed it. Seeing Jesus did not make the woman run away from the well. Folks, we need to learn to see Jesus and not run away from him. We need to learn to pause and see Jesus because we tend to run away and run about our own stuff so quickly that we miss Jesus. She could have dashed in there, got her water, and dashed out just as quickly. And yet she stopped, and she saw Jesus. When we sense the Holy Spirit is moving, what do we do? Do we rush off? Do we move away? Or do we stop? The Lord is not quiet. He's speaking all the time. We need to be stopping more and hearing him. When Jesus spoke to her, she was prepared to enter into a conversation with him. Do you stop and acknowledge God when he speaks to you? You know, God sometimes talks to me in the most inconvenient places. 
while I'm rushing down the aisles to buy that vital piece of something, he'll stop and say, talk to that person. And you might think, oh, but Nadine, you talk to people so easily. No, let me tell you, my heart goes, gudum, 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 gudum. But I have to be obedient. And uh, Zach will tell you, he sometimes is with me, and then he just rolls his eyes, because he says, really, Mommy? <laughs> Do we stop when God speaks to us and enter into conversation with him? And sometimes that conversation just has to be, yes, Lord. Nothing more. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. When Jesus spoke to her, she, oh, you know Jesus is speaking when he nudges you to do something or not to do something. You can take that where you need it. When he prompts you to speak up or to not speak up. Sometimes our mouths are too fast. And sometimes we have to learn not to say the first thing that comes into our mouth or into our head, and ask Jesus, do I need to say this? The woman at the well, I wish they'd given her a name, because you know, the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, you know, Susie, was prepared to enter into conversation with Jesus. Are you ready for those conversations? I am um, quite fond of acronyms, and they catch my attention. And just recently for prayer, I, I found one, and the P stands for pause. Just pause. So often we run into conversation with Jesus without just stopping for a moment, taking a deep breath, chasing the cobwebs and the hohos out of our heads. Pause. R, get this, rejoice. Rejoice. We can enter in conversations, pause so we can hear him, be ready to hear him, then rejoice in who he is. This woman, in her way, rejoiced because of who Jesus was. A, ask. Note, we first pause, then we rejoice, and only then do we ask. And you know why? I feel that when we ask in the right frame of mind, we get the answer from Jesus. And I haven't forgotten the why. The why stands for yield. We need to learn to yield to Jesus more. This woman took everything that Jesus had said and she yielded. She went and she told people about Jesus. Can you imagine going into a place where you are an outcast? You are unloved. They call you names. They are real, horrible itchy people to you. Yet what does she do when she gets hold of who Jesus is? She yields to his amazing bigness, his, his amazing insight. She yields to the person of Jesus and she runs into town to go and tell the people. Like I said, she must have had real courage and grabbing hold of who Jesus was put that courage in the right place. I love the Jesus that spoke to her. He knew what she was about, but he was not dismissive to her or snide or, or ugly in any way. He knew, uh, he knew you've been married five times and the woman you're living, uh, the man you're living with is not your husband. He knew what she was about, and yet he entered into conversation with her. 
Yolandi talked last week about know who Jesus is and then know his grace. Can you see his grace towards this woman? Not one of us is incapable of receiving that grace, regardless of where you've been, what you've done, who you are. You are not beyond the grace of Jesus. Jesus came to her in essence, and Jesus will come to you wherever you are. I'm going to tell a naughty story now, but I just loved it. Um, my brother was talking to his son, Eli, and uh, Eli said to, to John, where's Jesus? And uh, John said to Eli, well, Jesus is all around us. He's, he's there all the time. And Eli says, yeah, he's a sneaky guy. <laughs> I just love that. Jesus will be wherever you are because that's how much he loves you. You cannot think for one single moment that where you are, Jesus cannot reach you because he can and he does. Are you aware of that? When you're sitting in your office, Jesus is there. When you're at varsity, Jesus is there. When you're at school, Jesus is there. When you're sitting in your home office or what? In your salon. <laughs> Jesus is there. We have to learn that, yes, he's a sneaky guy because he's there all the time, all the time. When she realized who Jesus was, she left her jar. She did not make first stop to make sure I've got it all together. I'm cool. I'm okay. My jar's in a safe place. Who knows? That might have been her only jar. I'm not going to go that far, but it could have been. She left it. Because she saw who Jesus was. And she didn't walk back to the town. It says she ran. Folks, Jesus doesn't want half-hearted Christians. He doesn't want pathetic Christians. He's looking for Christians who are running to get them more. He's looking for Christians who believe so much in him, they will climb mountains, they will break down doors, they will, I don't know what, but that will run for him, not take a quiet little meander through the park. She ran, and you know what, as she was running, I'm sure she didn't think, oh, these townspeople, they've been so ugly to me, these townspeople haven't accepted me, they've rejected me, they've just been nasty. No, she was consumed by who Jesus was, and nothing was going to stop her from telling those townspeople who she had just met. You know, when we really know who Jesus is, we cannot stay the same. It, it blows my mind that, that people can stay the same after having met Jesus, because we can't. It's just not, it's just not the way. Who are you afraid of? Who are you afraid to tell Jesus about? What are you not prepared to leave behind? Are there some unhelpful habits 
that you might have that you need to get rid of in order to grab more of Jesus? Are there friendships that are unhelpful? You know, the friends we keep can either lift us up or bring us down. What friendships do you have that are not helpful? What behavior do you have that's not helpful? I have an amazing team around me who constantly tell me, you shouldn't do that. Maybe you can adjust that. I love it because it is spurring me on to more. And that's what we need to be about. Because of what she said, many came to see Jesus. I think it was out of curiosity. They were simply very curious to see who this woman was shouting about, because she was. She wasn't quiet about it. It was, come and see who I've just met. He's told me everything I ever did. She wasn't embarrassed either. I mean, everything I've ever did, I'm, you know, I'm shouting it out. But the people came, and, and yes, probably first out of curiosity, but then... The Samaritans came, and when he spoke to them, he, they urged him to stay, with, to stay with him for two days. Where's God asking you to go and stay? My heart quails sometimes when we go to places like Zambia and Zimbabwe, because you aren't always too sure of where you're going to stay. But you know what? Every time God has given me the grace to stay in those places. Where has God called you to go? What has he called you to do? What is he asking you to believe him for, for the more? Have you seen who Jesus is? Have you truly, truly seen who Jesus is? Because if you truly see who he is and get to know him, the daring becomes a non-issue. You know, when people used to say to me, I dare to you, I, can, I, I dare you to do something, I always have, used to have like a little heartbeat moment because it was always something that was uncomfortable. It was something that I wouldn't normally do. And yet, hey, they're daring me. How many of you remember those double dares? I double dare you to do something. Man, then your knees even shake. But you know what? Because you had something to show, you would do it. Folks, we've got Jesus to show when we believe today. How much more than your pride, your self-image, your personality, your, your whatever... I can have no pride issues when I know who Jesus is and I dare because I'm doing what he's calling me to do. I'm daring to believe what he's going to show me. It's, it's a no-brainer and it's win-win all of the ways. Folks, we dare because we know who we believe in. The only way. When we 
dare, we can overcome our fears. We can over, I've got a fly that's now decided that it likes my perfume or something. So I'm not waving around like a mad person for those online. <laughs> when we know who we believe in, we can dare to do the things that are inconvenient. We can dare to do the things that we are afraid of. We can dare to do the things that make us uncomfortable. We can dare to change our routines. We can dare to change our behaviors. We can dare to change our mindsets because of who we believe in. And when we believe, we dare bigger things. We don't dare to get up at four o'clock to read another hour of a Bible story. Yes, I love it. It's great. Well done. But dare to pray for healing for somebody. Dare to pray that somebody sees the blessing of the Lord in ways they've never seen before. Dare to speak to somebody about Jesus because that's who we believe in. We don't believe in a piddly small God. We believe in a big God who can do so much more than we can ever imagine. Do you believe in Jesus the Messiah? I need a... Oh, there's some of you who look a bit scared. Can't see you at home, but do you believe in Jesus the Messiah? What are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? It's just talk when I say, yes, I believe. But when I believe so much in Jesus the Messiah, I dare so much more. Folks, grab a hold of who Jesus is. Throw your whole mind, soul, and being into believing who he says he is. Believe the grace that he has towards you. And then do, do more, do bigger, speak out, speak up, pray more. But folks, we need to learn to face our fears, to leave the baggage behind. Jesus calls us into newness. He doesn't say bring your baggage with. I'm stopping. May I encourage you, just like that Samaritan woman at the well, Susie, believed so much in Jesus that she brought a whole town to come and see who he is. And when she did that, a whole town believed in Jesus. One person, one person, an outcast, a pariah, an unwanted person brought a whole town to Jesus. What can you do as one person when you have the almighty Lord on your side? Believe today. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that it was a blessing to you. If you want to connect with us further, log on to our website, venturechurch.co.za or connect with us on our various social pages, Instagram and Facebook.